0: Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today.
1: This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. We are excited to be here today with Dave Bullock from Proactive Health. Welcome.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Awesome. Excited to be here. Okay, so let's get the 30 second elevator pitch on what you guys are working on.
2: Yeah. So proactive health is working on changing the healthcare space from being reactive to proactive. So right now it's reactive in the sense that you get sick, you go to the doctor, you get hurt, you have an issue, you go get it taken care of.
0: And they give you drugs.
2: And they give you drugs. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But what we're doing is trying to make that more proactive in the sense that let's get ahead of it. And, and how we do that is we're we're creating a pre-acute biometric data set. Well, what does that mean? Pre-acute, so acute event is a hospitalization. a And biometrics are our basic vitals. And so pre-hospitalization vital signs. And we gather those over an extended period of time. And when you start to notice deviations in trends, if you're know your heart rate and your respiratory rate were here and now they're up here that's your body's way of being okay my heart and my lungs are working harder and maybe i'm getting less oxygen at the same time that's our body's way of telling us through data that something is wrong Mm. and then we join that with symptoms and then we're able to get people the care that they need before they end up in the hospital or dead
0: how are you doing that? Yeah. Preferably not dead too. That's not <laughs> Preferably a good idea.
2: not dead. And <laughs> out of the hospital, you know, saves health, saves money, a lot of money. Yeah, Insurance is like us because of that. Um, but to your question, how do we do it? We use smart devices and technology.
1: Okay, like an Apple Watch?
2: Similar to that, yes. Great. There's a lot of smart devices on the market that are able to collect um, basic vitals. And really those are they are vitals they're important to our daily life and if we're collecting those let's say you've got a couple of chronic conditions you're close to a hospitalization event those are the that's our target market is Mm -hmm. getting those people who are close to that event and ideally getting in before to be able to prevent them from going to the hospital
0: so if you're, so if I'm wearing a device like what you're talking about, will it
2: alert me and say, hey, you know, mayday,
0: mayday, there's something going on, or or do you have to watch the data, you know, the, the data over time, or how
2: how does that work? Yeah, great question. So what you mentioned is called telemetry. So in the hospital setting, you have pulse oximetry, you've got all those gadgets hooked up to you. Mm-hmm. We're not that. We don't ever want to be that because not only is there a ton of liability, but for our operation, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. For what we do, we want people who are at their home or in an assisted living setting, they're comfortable in their home, we're gathering daily vitals. And that helps us establish a trend and then we compare against the individual's trend. So your heart rate and Mm -hmm. my heart rate are gonna be different. And so we never want to compare just to a chart and say, okay, here's the, the range of what you should be in for your heart rate. We say, okay, what's your normal? And then we compare against your baseline and we say, okay, you went from this to this. Then we know something is wrong.
1: So you don't, you don't, you have the equipment you use the equipment that's on the market today and you're running the kind of back-end analysis for these uh, consumers yes yeah that's That's right. awesome
0: yeah. and then telling them hey you got a problem we need to address this right away
1: yeah
2: and, and we use equipment that will aggregate into our software platform okay and then we use the software to identify issues when they arise
1: so are you b2b um, are you working with the kind of uh, long-term care facilities or are you working directly with people that are interested in maintaining their health at a later stage in life? Yes. Both. Great. Both.
2: Yeah, all of the above. So um, we work with, we have a number of partners. We've got home health. We've got skilled nursing. We have physicians. Um, we have assisted living. So we have all of these B2B partners, and then we still need to go and sell the patients individually on the service, and they need to agree to our services. And so we kind of have a, a multi-step sales process, but the the reception on it has been really good when we say, hey, insurance will pay for this, and we can provide this service to your residents, let's say, in, a, in an assisted living building. They say, cool, how do we get started? And then... You know, we go and sell it to each of the residents inside the building and mm. it's a it's a pretty easy to sell
0: what is the cost of something like that I know insurance covers it but what what do they pay for
2: something like that on a monthly basis per subscriber or whatever um, it it depends on the service that we provide and and mm. we tailor it to the individual so um, a couple hundred bucks a month
0: depending mm. depending on the their history and circumstances
1: and
2: yeah. And depending on the services that we provide services, okay. the was, types of
1: analysis you're doing and stuff like that. Yeah. How did you get into this? Um,
2: so kind of the founder story. So my, the, the founder of the company is Alec Gustafson and his story is really interesting. So he has had, <laughs> he's uh, an avid athlete He's had multiple accidents, severe ones, um, multiple stage three comas. He fractured his skull and and broke his back in multiple places. Crazy stories. Um, Yikes!
0: I was standing too <laughs> close to him. Like yeah, extreme right? sports type so, stuff.
2: So mountain biking. Uh yeah. Okay. Um, which now he does again.
1: I broke my back snowboarding twice. So most people can't say they've done it twice. I so was dumb enough to start <laughs> going go. again. Yeah. So.
2: so anyway, he has this accident and he's in his coma and he's really not coming out of the coma. And what happened was the, the oxygen levels, you've got the pulse oximeter on your finger and it's saying oxygen levels are normal. But the doctor had this theory that his brain was not getting enough oxygen. And so the doctor said, okay, let's do this super experimental thing. They bored a hole in his skull so that they could get an oxygen probe on his skull pretty much directly. And then what, what that probe said was, yeah, the brain is not getting enough oxygen. So even though his body, his pulse oximeter was saying, yeah, I've got enough oxygen, his brain was not getting enough. And, and so he wasn't able to recover. And so they boosted the oxygen up. And then by doing so, now his brain was getting enough oxygen and he was able to recover. And he, miraculous recovery was like a fraction of a percent would actually recover and be able to eat and talk and feel emotion and do all these things again, right? Um, And So so, he was going
0: to be a vegetable essentially. Yes. He was going to be.
2: Yeah. 100%. Well, 99 point whatever percent. Um, but he comes out of this and he says, okay, I've got a second shot at life. And how do I take this experience and translate this and help other people with that? And, and that's how Productive Health was born. Wow. Wow. That is a cool story. So how do you guys know each other? How did you get involved? That's his story. So we, um, we moved on the same street, Mm. uh, about five years ago. And we became friends pretty quickly. We we get along really well, and um, we actually were talking about this business idea in his backyard, building snowboarding jumps. And over over time, he didn't I, learn either. Know, <laughs> you know, so
1: he's my type of guy, apparently.
2: Yeah. No, it was fun through the trees and stuff. It, it was a blast. But he eventually he he was. Asking me all these questions, kind of picking my brain on it, and eventually convinced me to join the company, even though I had I had a full time thing going on. And I said, "Sweet, I'll join. I love it. Sounds great." Um, I'm going to mitigate my risk. I'd like to keep my full time job and then just work for you part time and see if this thing has any legs. And and I I thought it would. I believed in it. And and so I was dedicating. A lot of my working hours towards proactive health and then eventually it got to the point where i could leave my job my full-time job and come over full-time to proactive health and my miss my risk was mitigated i felt
1: Mm. smart having been down that road where you're trying to balance that risk and like the investment what advice do you have for people that are in that situation right now about like when to take that step or And looking back would you have done it any different
2: Uh, looking back there's probably a few things that I would have done different but overall I felt like keeping my full-time job keeping pay benefits you know all these things that I had I I had a steady job and it was good Um, but for me I, I always believed that I wanted to build my own company and, and to start something on my own. And I believed that enough, and I wanted that enough that I knew I had to take that step at some point or another. And so the way I did it, I felt like worked out pretty well. Um, the, the one thing that I could have probably done better is um, testing my assumptions more. And okay, we believe this to be true. How can I test that? And and validate that assumption earlier on, than even before we get any patients, for example. So there's there's definitely ways that you can mitigate that risk, test your assumptions, and and adjust.
0: What were you doing before? What was your? I mean, apparently you had lots of flexibility
2: in your full-time job. So what was that? Um, So I I worked at InMoment and. Um, I was on the operations team post-M&A uh, doing integrations activities.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So anyone else that works at m and don't get the wrong idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out great for you. So yeah. well done, Dave. That's cool. Um, my question is surrounding, I mean, we've had a lot of companies on the podcast that are like, man, we are trying to get this product or service or whatever approved with the insurance companies, you guys already have that. How did you do that? Because that's a really onerous process from what I understand.
2: Yeah, so really the process is getting credentialed with mm-hmm. insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And and that takes more than a smile. Um, it, it's a long process. It's a 60 to 180-day process to get, to get credentialed with an insurance company. And there's a lot of them. And so we did an analysis on what are the biggest payers in Utah and how do we get credentialed and get the widest breadth with the least amount of work possible, and that's what we went after. And then we hired it out because it's a process and it's difficult. And thankfully, we found a really good company, a really good consulting company that helped us through that process, mm. and, and it's been great.
0: Lots of legal work involved in that too, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh,
2: interesting.
1: So you say you knew, kind of always knew that you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Is this something you knew as a kid? Like, were you entrepreneur, entrepreneurial early on? Or was this something that kind of came about later on in life?
2: Yeah, it's it's something that, as I reflected kind of in my first out-of-college job, I started to realize looking back on my life, that I love to build things. I was the guy in the backyard building the snowboarding jumps <laughs> or you know, building Legos, and I worked construction for a time building houses, and there was this common theme of building, and I felt so much satisfaction from starting somewhere where there was nothing and now there's something. And, and so that was a continual theme throughout my career and then i i knew that i've got to build my own company someday because there's i just get so much joy from it that's just so much fun
1: so you're you're two years in do you still have that same joy today that you thought you would have building your own company every day that's awesome every day that is cool good job
0: and now you've built a team that uh, you know under you to kind of help you execute on that vision
2: right yeah yeah, it's been so much fun and we've gotten we've somehow convinced people to join us on our, our quest to achieve this vision and we have phenomenal people our executive team is incredible we found two uh, two people kind of early on to help us build it and and they've been insur- instrumental in our success and now we have a large team helping us execute on the vision. Mm. And it grows weekly, really. <laughs> it's been good.
0: Who Who is the customer you're finding the most, or the customer segment, I guess I should say, that you're finding the most success with? Is it a particular age demographic or socioeconomic you know,
2: demographic? Who, who's adopting this more than anyone? Um, seniors with chronic conditions, people with health problems, there were we're providing a, an extra set of eyes on, on people who need it the most. These are the people who are closest to a hospitalization event, and we wanna provide them the service, not just to elongate their lives, but to ideally help keep them healthy while they're here.
1: I'm thinking about this moment of when you're like, uh, Deciding to jump ship from your full-time job, your stability there, um, or there's probably other moments where you like felt that just kind of not panic, but like nerves about making the jump or making these big decisions. Do you have you want to talk about that or any of those other moments that I'm sure have come up as you're building this company? That you're like, oh my gosh, is it gonna work?
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of stories there, and and there's a couple that that I could share. So the jumping ship one, the hardest person to sell is your significant other. And, and I had to play the long game for that one. It wasn't, (laughs) (laughs) I can't just be like, all right, I love this. I want to do my entrepreneurial thing. I'm out. It was a long process of, you know, what does this look like? And let's set reasonable expectations for ourselves because Frankly, we have we have a family we need to support. We have three kids, and and so it took time, but by openly communicating and saying, okay, this is what we expect. Here's a timeline, and if it doesn't work out by this date, we'll well we'll at least reevaluate on this date. And and it felt like a kind of a good expectation, good way to set sort of the foundation, and then it ended up working out okay when when the time came to quit my job it was okay i'm with you and thankfully my wife was very supportive and even though you know we're going away from benefits paycheck all that stuff she supported me 100%
0: that's good awesome for you yeah you're a good sales guy then you <laughs> no. you, you close the deal that's great that, that support that's from that's home one is that crucial I Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You got to have it. You really do. Did you ever get concerned, Dave, that, you know, this is a health related industry, but you don't have a lot of health background or health industry background. Did that ever concern you or cause you anxiety in any way?
2: Yes. Yes. A lot. Tell Um, us about that. (laughs) I feel like it's kind of a common theme for me to go from something that I know to something completely unknown. And, and that's what I've done throughout my career and jumping into the healthcare space, I never thought I would jump into the healthcare space. There's a lot of rules and regulations and, and things that you just gotta be careful of. I'm used to, you sell a widget, you get paid. But in the healthcare space, it's very different. And, and we're this unique blend of software and, and technology and healthcare. And that's where, that was probably the only way to get me into the healthcare space because I love software, I love technology, and then using it in a space where there's, there's a lot of opportunity to improve. It, it just, it made me okay with it, even though I really didn't know a lot about it, had a lot to learn over the last two years and I've still got a lot to go.
1: So outside of, um, a lot of experience in the hospital. Did your founder the your co-founder have any background in healthcare at all? Have um, you guys
2: home health a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But between the two of us we're mostly data science tech consumer packaged goods
1: not healthcare. <laughs> cool. That's yeah, amazing. I, mean, I love that. Your product is mainly a tech product. You're you're analyzing things and but have you had to hire people on your team that have a health background that yeah. are providing that value there?
2: Yes. Yes, absolutely. So we contract with uh, some medical directors, some doctors, they know their stuff. They guide our protocols, our process for how we handle those types of things. So they've rounded out our expertise where we didn't know anything about that. They've brought that to the table and, and they've been really good partners in that regard. That's awesome.
0: Are you guys building to raise money, Dave, or you want to uh,
2: be completely self-supportive with your revenues? Where where are you guys trying to go with this? More the latter. Mm -hmm. So we've raised a modest amount of money, um, enough to fuel the operations. And now at this point, we're trying to become cash flow positive to where we can then use that to fuel our growth. At some future date, I don't know, maybe we'll do a raise, maybe not. But um, we've got a cash flow positive on the near horizon so once we can get to that point then we've talked about oh you know these are all the things that we could do that's a big moment yeah it it feels like it's always just over the horizon (laughs) but (laughs) but it feels like it's a becoming more and more of a reality and and i'm really excited to get there that's
0: cool in
2: two years especially
0: yeah that's quick really fast yeah well done you guys thanks What's, what's a moment when um, we call it midnight founder's moment when you were you know up in the middle of the night trying to figure out a problem or fix a mistake or something that happened that you know only you as the, the co-founder had to take care of?
1: Or you're like, this ship is going down. Yeah, or you're like, we're <laughs> done. It's over. Oh, no.
2: That happened a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Last night, we, actually. No, just kidding. Yeah. We were joking. Uh, as we're trying to find product market fit, um, it was at least once a week where we were pivoting we were changing something figuring out a different way to, to approach the market and we never really uh, it took us a while to get that product market fit we'd hear all these people say yes I want it, I love it and then they ghosted us and, and that was so common that they loved it and it felt like it was there but then nothing happened. We never were able to execute on it. And then finally, somebody had the guts to say, no, I'm not gonna do it, I like it, but no, I'm not gonna do it for these three reasons. And we said, okay, thank you for the feedback. Now let's go figure out how we're gonna solve for those. We solved for those three things, and then our business started to take off. And, and so that was kind of one of those moments where, it wasn't working, and then we finally figured out, okay, here's how we solve it, and, and we've been, been able to grow significantly since then. And then another story, um, I really like this story. One of the things that I was worried about from a very early time, from when Alec first approached me about it, I was worried, okay, we're going to target seniors, and we're targeting them using technology, Targeting sounds bad. We are approaching... Benefiting their lives, you know, with your technology. with technology (laughs) to benefit with them. There we go. Um, But we're changing behavior for people who may or may not be as technologically sophisticated. And, And one of the requirements that insurance and Medicare has for us to get paid is you have to collect enough data in the month, in a certain period of time, for them to pay us. And and so as we started with our first beta patients, we were not getting that. We were roughly 25% of our patients were hitting that minimum threshold. Mm. Now imagine you're a product company. Mm. You sell 100 products, and you get paid for 25 of them.
1: That's no not bueno. going to work. <laughs> yeah, no bueno.
2: <laughs> and so this is one of those oh crap moments where – this is, this is a big problem, this is my biggest concern, and we're just now getting into it. And so we talked about it, and we said, okay, maybe this'll kind of sort itself out as we work on the, these things a little bit more. The Next month, it was the same. It was actually a little bit worse. Um, and so then we said, all right, we gotta buckle down, we gotta fix this. And instead of just letting that problem fester, We faced it head-on the team props to them they they came up with some phenomenal ideas we changed our process we found some new technology and now we're at close to 100 percent in terms of what we can build so we've changed that huge weakness big problem to now it's a very strong suit for us and we have a reliable uh way to be able to get that revenue.
1: Is it automating the process or what, what did you do specifically to get that 25 to hundred? We're on, we're on the edge here. Yeah. <laughs> Cliffhanger. So
2: a lot of it was just setting the precedent right up front. When we go initiate contact with, with a new patient, it was, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z and we're going to follow up, and we're going to do these things. Some of it was on the back end. We automated some some technical things, which uh, one guy, Bodhi, is behind all of that. Brilliant guy. Figured out how to address these technical issues that we had had on the backside. And then the new technology. We've, we found different devices that better suited our needs to our patients and so it was kind of a three pronged approach okay. of, of how we did it.
0: Awesome, cool. What? Um, I mean, we talked about fundraising and things, but what's next? For, what What's exciting to you now with with what you're building at your company? What What's the next maybe big milestone or something you're looking forward to?
2: Cash flow positive,
0: <laughs> growth. But you're already you're close to that, or you already we're, got that? We're,
2: we're a few months away. Okay, okay. but we're. We're growing like crazy. We're growing faster. There's more people that want it than what we can provide right now. So really, we're just trying to figure out how to scale. Mm-hmm. So it's a really exciting time for us to be able to say, all right, let's go hire a bunch of people and let's go make this happen because we have so much of an influx coming in compared to what we have had in the past. So, so demand is huge, you're saying. Yeah. yeah wow, it's really good. fun. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, of all the problems that we've had in the past, that I one. think this is my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. yes.
1: I think the fact that you're focused on cash flow positivity is re- just really good, like smart. Yeah, I mean there's so many companies that are just hey, we just need to get our next round and then we'll be we'll be fine. But you guys are just focused on making sure that it, you know the framework of the company is solvent and everything else will work itself out.
2: I agree. Well, thanks. But it's also been challenging too. We've we've had to make a lot of trade-offs to have that focus. And and really we're we're pretty transparent with it about it with our employees, where we say, you know, we could do more things, we could have more perks, we could, you know, do X, Y, or Z, but our focus is get to get to cash flow positive. And then that sort of opens the door for, for more things because then we don't have to raise more capital, be beholden to more shareholders, and you know, kind of go down that path. So that's really what we've been focused on. And, and I think our employees have seen that, uh, what we're trying to accomplish, and they've actually kind of latched onto that and said, okay, how can I spend less money? How can I be more productive and help us get to that point? And it's been really cool to see even our frontline employees embracing that
0: culture that goal of
1: ours. Yeah. That culture. Yeah.
0: you guys have done a great job building a good culture like that.
1: How have you got that buy-in? Like what, what's been the key to that? <laughs> That's
2: a good question. I, I think number one is just hiring awesome people and, and people that frankly we can trust and, and we have a pretty autonomous culture to where it's, get your stuff done do it on your own time if you want to show up at 7 and leave at 2 like you know you do you right um and, and so we have a lot of trust with our employees and then one of our core values is is transparency and and so i'm very transparent with our numbers with the team and saying here's what our goals are and here's what we're trying to accomplish and and people see that and and people want to help.
0: Mm. Where are you guys based, Dave? Are you guys close by here?
2: Uh, we're in Lehigh. Lehigh, okay. I thought that's where you were. at. I just want to make sure,
0: huh? And and why there? Just because it was a great pool of talent, and you're already
2: based there. And... We we found some space uh, that fit our needs really well, mm-hmm. and it it is kind of a hub, central to you know you got everything from Provo to Salt Lake. Sure. And there's been a, a great pool of. Of people that want to help us achieve our vision. Yeah. In that area.
0: Cool. What scares you more than anything right now? Wearing orange, going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good. Yeah, that, that's good fear. Why? Why? Uh,
2: and and it doesn't really. I mean, there's always that kind of fear in the back of my mind. We we've done everything that we can to adhere to the local laws and federal laws and make sure we're following all of the right things. But there's always that thing in the back of your mind, like, okay, if we get audited and this shows up and we did this thing wrong, then, mm. you know, I don't think we'll end up wearing orange. But. <laughs> there's some wood, yeah. Knock not gonna, on wood. <laughs> you got it. But yeah.
0: So it's very regulation heavy and you just want to make sure that you're always in compliance Yeah. That's a big concern that you guys have constantly.
2: Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, It guides a lot of our decision making to make sure, you know, Hey, we're thinking about doing this. Well, you know, we've heard this from our lawyers or, you know, this consultant has said this. So let's just not even touch that. And, and so we've tried to stay as, as far away from anything that Mm. would ever get us in trouble. Um, but granted, we're new to the healthcare space. So we're trying to figure out things as we go. And yeah. Hmm. Well, well, we'll probably need
0: to start wrapping it up here, Dave. This has been great. But um, is there any book or, or, I don't know, website or podcast or anything that you've been listening to recently
2: that's been really helpful to you that would be helpful to other entrepreneurs? A book that I listened to recently was Extreme Ownership. With Jocko and Leaf, uh, really good book. Um, just in terms of leading the team, and and really as a leader, I, I just like the analogy that you know there's no bad teams, there's only bad leaders. And so I kind of took that to heart and tried to change some things myself to make sure that I was as good of a leader that I can be, so that. There's no reason for the team to fail if, you know, if I'm doing the right things.
1: Well, it sounds like you're doing a good job of that with the buy-in that you have from your employees. So I would say you're on the right track. (laughs) Everybody's got room for improvement, but you're definitely on the right track.
2: Thanks. We're trying, but it really is a, a true testament to the team that we have. We've got phenomenal people and people who believe in our vision and, just all around good people who are trying to do the right thing. So we're ju- we've are we just been very fortunate.
1: That's awesome. What uh, what advice do you have for um, our audience is a lot of just early stage companies and young entrepreneurs that are getting ready to start their businesses. Um, so what advice do you have for somebody that's getting ready to take that leap? It's,
2: it's difficult. And... I think for me, one of the big things that has helped me along the way is to have a rock-solid co-founder. And and he, so Alec, is everything that I'm not. So I'm more of the numbers guy. I'm operationally focused, process and product, and he is sales vision. And he's still very much in tune with the numbers and things. So we round each other out, and then... When I've had hard days or hard weeks, he's there to pull me out of that. And hopefully, I'm there to do the same for him. Uh, I feel like he's much more positive than I am. So he's he's been super beneficial for me in that regard. I know a lot of the people who come on your shows or a lot of the people who listen are doing it on their own. I don't know what to say to that specifically other than maybe there's a mentor or a friend, you know, someone who can help you through the process because it is long, it is hard. It's very difficult and sometimes it feels like there's not a light at the end of the tunnel. And you <laughs> you can get down pretty far, but having someone there as a support to you and maybe it's just your significant other in the process, but that's been and, and my wife has been super supportive throughout this process as well, but having a good co-founder for me has been super helpful.
1: One of the things that I think I've seen uh, with all of the companies that have, you know, multiple founders or co-founders, and, and in my experience, uh, you know, personally, I think a lot of it is that accountability that you have to that other person. Like if you're a solo founder, uh, I think it would be easy to kind of let things slip or slide but, you know, having a co-founder, you're accountable and like reporting back on on the tasks that you had and uh, making sure that you're holding up your end. I think just even just that will help success as well.
2: Yeah, 100%. I, I can think of a, num- a number of times where I've wanted to give up or I've felt like, you know, not going into work that day because, you know, whatever reason, but having someone there as your partner through it to you know be accountable to it's uh it's definitely been beneficial hmm.
0: anything else that you wanted to talk about on the podcast that we haven't touched on any topics or
2: shout outs or anything the floor is yours for a second if you wanna um shout out to my sister Sabrina Gardner who yeah. uh, hooked us up I'm excited to hear hers. She was awesome. When that comes out, I
0: hope your drawers are all organized at your they office. They are. <laughs> <laughs> In my
2: house, we got to work on the office, but uh, they're not. There's no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Salt by Sabrina. Check her out. Um, she started a company and and listen to her her podcast. Um, phenomenal founder and super cool product, and and she's the one who hooked us up today. Thanks for we that. We appreciate
1: her. She was fun. Okay. Well, thanks for spending time with us. I really appreciate it. This
2: is cool. Yeah. Kay. Thanks for having me. This good, has been a blast. Good luck with the future.
0: We're excited to see big things coming from Proactive Health.
2: We'll do what we can.
0: We look for you on your website and on all the socials, and I'm assuming that's where we find you.
2: Yeah. Our website is uh, proactivehealth.tech, T-E-C-H. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Dot com That's probably awesome. wasn't available, huh?
2: Dot com was very expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. So, and we're awesome. trying to be scrappy.
1: Thanks, Dave. Take care. Hey, thanks, guys. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank.
0: And Rev Road is a venture services firm where
1: companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: This is AJ and Jake signing out.